Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. If you don't know me, my name is Blake. So uh, I want to start off today by asking y'all a question, and that question is, have you ever had an experience in your life where you felt like an outsider? So uh, I don't know if you maybe moved to a new city. I, I know for my wife and I, we lived in an, another country, and I see several people here today who have done the same or are currently doing that. And uh, it can feel awkward at times, and it feels like all the attention is on you. I don't know, maybe it was something as small as uh, showing up to a wedding or to a restaurant underdressed. But this feeling of being an outsider, man, it, it's not comfortable at all. I want to tell y'all a, a story of a missionary friend of ours. So, so real quick, just for a little background, Ashley and I uh, have been at City Church now for about 10 months. And where we were previously was uh, on the mission field in Grenoble, France. So we're, we were uh, not in the United States as of 10 months ago. Uh, so we had a missionary friend who was in the country of Spain. Shout out to the Herreras who are headed there soon. Um, and he, he told me this story once. He was uh, in, in a gas station and in the United States. If you know anything about Spanish culture, uh, they have a pretty good sense of style. So the men are pretty fashionable over there. Same with the French. Uh, compared to your average American, the Europeans are like way up here when it comes to style. And so he was in a gas station and he was dressed as your average Spaniard guy, but of course he was in the United States. So he's wearing his skinny jeans and he's wearing uh, like a salmon or pink colored uh, polo. So now here in Charlottesville, salmon is not that unusual, but in rural Missouri, uh, it definitely is. So. He's in the gas station, uh, and there's this other guy, and the best way I can describe this, this other guy is he's kind of your stereotypical rural gas station guy, okay? So uh, they, they don't really interact at all, but my friend is about to check out, and this guy just kind of looks over at him, and he's like, you know, I heard they say that real men wear pink. And then there's this long, awkward pause, very uncomfortable. My friend doesn't say anything. And then the guy looks at him and says, I don't believe him. <laughs> so I feel, man, my friend in that moment, he must have felt like an outsider in his own country because uh, he looked more Spanish than he did uh, American. Uh, there's a story, a crazy story that happened to us over in France that produced the same feeling of, of being an outsider. We were at the grocery store in France and if you've lived overseas or have spent any time over there, you, you'll know that one of the most difficult things about overseas life is the normal everyday stuff, like going to the grocery store. So we were in the grocery store and we'd been there for a little while, we were doing our shop and Ashley goes off and she is looking for our, our last couple of things. And so I have the cart and I just kind of like park the cart up against this refrigeration unit in the center of the grocery store. It looks a lot like that one. So I park on the side and I'm just relaxing for a second, checking out the 
500 different cheeses they have. And then I'm like, okay, I need to go uh, find Ashley and see if we're ready to get out of here. So I start moving the cart forward just a little bit. And the seam where the, the two walls come together, is, I kind of bumped it real lightly with the cart. And it was just enough to make that seam kind of break a little bit. And unfortunately, what was on top of that cart stacked real high was a bunch of glass jars filled with liquid and feta cheese. So I, I bumped this, this thing real lightly, and so it starts to separate. And then the glass, the heaviness of the glass and the liquid just pulls this thing all the way off. The whole wall falls down, and all the glass jars of feta cheese just spill everywhere. And I'm, I'm so embarrassed at this point, but one of those glass jars just rolls a few aisles down and past Ashley's aisle, and she's, uh, she's like, Oh, Lord, let that not be Blake. And, and then I am like, Jesus, you can come back today, right now. This would be the perfect time. But um, so, the, and the funniest part actually is there's a sushi lady. She yells about all the sushi deals in the grocery store. When that happened, in typical French fashion, she just said, oh, la, la. <laughs> and then, so anyways, in that moment, man, all eyes were on me, and I was no longer able to blend in and look as French as possible. All of a sudden, I was that American guy who destroyed that whole display. I had to explain myself in my broken French, and forever in that grocery store, I was that guy. So let's be honest about those moments and about any moment you've had of being an outsider. We don't like being outsiders. It's it's a great story. I love telling the story. But in that moment, man, we wanted to run out of that grocery store so fast. It's one of the most uncomfortable things, being an outsider. But it's interesting about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a kingdom full of outsiders. The kingdom of God is full of outsiders. So we're going to be uh, looking at Luke chapter 14. So uh, it'll be on the screen, but if you want to pull it up on your phone or, or your Bible, that's totally fine. And we'll start in verse 15. So while you're pulling that up, I'll just give a little bit of context of where we are. Uh, if you've been at City Church even just for a little bit of time, you'll know that we're on a journey together uh, this year about the kingdom of God. And within that kingdom of God journey, we're on the journey to the cross. So uh, you might remember Jesus has gone on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's come out of that experience, and the, or the three disciples had witnessed that. And now he resolutely sets his face toward Jerusalem. So they're headed towards Jerusalem now. If you think about Moses, we see Moses go from Mount Sinai, and he leads God's people to the promised land. Luke is painting this picture that of what Jesus is trying to communicate to us, and he's going from a mountain, and he's going to Jerusalem, and he's leading God's people. And in that time, he's forming, as God has always been doing, he's forming a people for himself. Jesus is continuing that mission of forming a people for himself. So Jesus presents himself as the new and better Moses. And not only that, he presents himself as the new and better David. Jerusalem is known as the city of David, where David reigned as king. And now Jesus is headed towards Jerusalem for his coronation, where he'll, he'll be crowned with a crown of thorns for his coronation, and then he'll be declared king of the Jews or 
and for us, the king of us, <laughs> king of the Jews and the Gentiles. So uh, to give some context, there's a dinner party that's about to happen. Jesus is invited by a prominent religious leader. This religious leader, it happens to be the leader of the religious leaders, the Pharisees. And there's also teachers of Jewish law present. So he's kind of with the upper crust of Jewish society invited to this dinner party. He gets there and he realizes, he's like, this is all wrong. This picture is all wrong. So the first thing he does, he heals a man who is in need of physical healing, probably a man who is rejected by everybody else around the table. Then he goes and he says to the guests, he's like, why are you guys all elevating yourselves? Why are you trying to take the position of honor? Humble yourselves, take the, the lower position and you'll be rewarded for that. And then he looks at the guy, the, the head guy and says, next time you host one of these dinner parties, instead of inviting people who elevate your social status, invite the, the broken, the lowly, the poor. Okay, so Jesus is trying to re- form this whole dinner party, and this is the response. One of the dinner guests pipes up and he says, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Another translation says, what a blessing for everyone who attends a banquet in the kingdom of God. So we don't know if, if this guy, we assume he's one of the, the religious leaders, but we don't know why he's actually saying this. Maybe he's trying to change the subject, or maybe he's kind of communicating to Jesus, okay, Jesus, enough with all of your radical stuff. Eventually, we're all gonna be in the kingdom of God, and it's gonna be great. But Jesus tells this story. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. And then another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. So our one character, this, this Pharisee, he's saying, blessed, blessed is everyone who's gonna be able to eat this feast at the kingdom of God. Jesus tells this story and he's saying, well, do you even understand who everyone is? Do you know when you say blessed is everyone, do you know who that is? Do you realize that everyone includes that man that I just healed that you wouldn't have anything to do with? Do you realize that everyone is gonna include the outcasts of your society that you avoid at all costs? And in a sense, Jesus even kind of through the story poses the question, do you know where you are? Are you in that, everyone? Man, Jesus is challenging the religious leaders, and he's communicating to them. He's effectively saying, my kingdom is upside down, my kingdom is inside out, and my kingdom is 
for all who would come. So Jesus' kingdom is upside down. The kingdom of God is one in which the high are brought low and the low are lifted up. I don't know if y'all have ever seen one of these upside down maps. Uh, the first time I saw it, actually, we were there was a cafe that uh, Ashley and I frequented, and it was owned by a New Zealander. And if you're wondering why would a New Zealander own this map, you'll notice New Zealand is right pretty much in the center and all the way at the top. And so he had this map, and I, I found it super interesting, but it's a little disorienting at times because you, you have to look, okay, where is the United States? Okay, it's on the left, and Florida's now in the south of the U.S. But all that to say, Jesus' kingdom is a lot like this map here. It's upside down. The kingdom of our world is telling us to always elevate ourselves whenever we can, to take every opportunity. Whether that's in the corporate world where we hear this uh, phrase all the time, climbing the ladder, even also in the corporate world, we have this, uh, we call our business conferences summits. You know, we're climbing because we're eventually gonna get somewhere. We're gonna get to the top. Um, I, for my generation, it's, not always about career so much, but we climb the ladder of perfecting the self. That, that's a, maybe a millennial thing, but we're always looking deep inside of us and we're gonna finally one day, we're gonna discover that thing that we're gonna bring out and we're gonna figure out what, what our, life is, our lives are meant to be and we're gonna discover it and life is gonna be good. That's kind of our version of climbing the ladder. But every generation, we, we have our way of elevating ourselves. But Jesus tells us to actually do the opposite, to humble ourselves. In Jesus' kingdom, the lower raised up and those at the top are invited to humble themselves. We'll see, we see in, in the scripture, the servant is told to go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. These people were, in Jesus' day, considered to be the lowest of the low, and the religious people wanted nothing to do with them. They were considered to be there, not only, uh, it wasn't by happenstance, but many people thought it was because they lacked favor with God. But Jesus says that's not the case. So let's think about Jesus' life for a second. How does he treat the poor? How does he treat uh, the diseased? And then in, in that day, women and children were considered of, of lower status as well. How do we see Jesus treat those two groups? He lifts them up, unlike any historical or religious figure that we, we know of. So my question to us today is how can we model our lives after Jesus by lowering ourselves and by lifting the, lo the lowly. Next, Jesus' kingdom is inside out. So these, these phrases, they sound kind of similar. Upside down, inside out. But we see in our text, Jesus talks about two groups besides the one, ones who declined the invitation. And they look kind of similar too, but they're actually quite different. The first group who accepts the invitation is the poor the crippled, the blind, and the lame. But the next group, he's not just repeating himself. He actually says to go out into the country lanes, and then he also says uh, behind the hedges. A better way for us to say that would probably be like beyond the fence or beyond the, the city gates. The first group, even though they are outcasts, they're in the city. So in Jesus' day, this might be referring to 
to the Jews who were, uh, they had the promise of this kingdom being theirs. So he's telling these religious leaders, he's saying, the, the lowest of your society, of Jewish society, are gonna be invited into this kingdom. But then he goes one step further and he says, not only the outcasts inside of the city, but those on the outside. For us, we kind of, we know at this point that that includes Gentiles or non-Jews, but the outsider is also welcomed in. Jesus's kingdom is inside out because the outsider is welcomed in. So we told you, I'll tell you another quick story about France, um, just because that's where most of our recent experiences are, and it definitely felt like outsiders often. But there was a lot to get used to. You know, we had the grocery store, but then there were little things like the French speak a lot softer than Americans. And so if you go into a restaurant, it's like you can hear a pin drop in the restaurant while people, people are having their conversations. So we had to really adjust to speaking softly and to the point where we got back to the United States and I'm like, oh my goodness, people are so loud. We couldn't even go into a restaurant. It's like, what is this? Um, but that's one thing. Another thing is uh, something about personal space is, is different. You know, here in America, we have, we have space, land, we drive everywhere, our cars are big, everything's big. So our personal space bubble is also bigger. In France, it's just, they don't see it that way because they're stacked, they're stacked high instead of wide. And so they have a smaller bubble. So when you're standing in line, if this is like, so I'll be me and this will be another person. If you're standing in line, they'll get about this close to you, like at the grocery store line. And you're just like, you can feel their breath on your neck and you're like, what's going on here? Like you, you think you want to be offended at first, but then you're like, they, they just don't think that way. It's, it's just different. So Man, being an outsider, it, again, it's uncomfortable, but Jesus brings the outsider in, in his kingdom. If we look at Jesus's life and ministry, how did he treat the Roman soldiers who were obviously not Jewish, but were considered the oppressors? How did he treat tax collectors who were considered the traitors? And how did he treat Samaritans who were considered to be the marginalized? Jesus's kingdom is inside out because he brings the outsider in. So my question for us here is, how can we first see ourselves as outsiders who have been welcomed in? And then once we've done that, how can we follow in Jesus's footsteps by welcoming in the outsider ourselves? So lastly, what is the most consequential difference between the three groups that we see in this parable. So we have those who declined the invitation, and then we have the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame, and then we have the outsider in the country lanes. What's the biggest difference? We might be tempted to say wealth, because clearly this first group, they had land, resources, like the, the animals. Uh, they were able to throw a wedding banquet. But it's not wealth that actually differentiates them the most. We might be tempted to say social status because with their wealth came status, but also we see that they declined the banquet, which may communicate, well, they didn't really need the networking, so maybe they had that. But it's not that that differentiates them the most. It, what differenti differentiates these groups the most is their RSVP. It's what did they decide to do with the invitation? The first group declines and the next two groups accept. 
the last thing I'll say about anything related to France is RSVP, that actually comes from French, and it means simply, please respond, please respond. And I think that's Jesus's message to us. He's saying, please respond to my invitation. Because what we do with that invitation is the biggest decision of our lives. It's the one thing that comes above everything else is how we respond to that invitation. So if you're somebody today and you're sitting here and you found that you haven't responded to Jesus's invitation into the kingdom, you need to know that Jesus's kingdom is for all who would come. It's open to anybody who would just say yes, and you're invited. If you have already responded to that invitation, then now we are considered kingdom people. We're kingdom people now. We belong to this kingdom, and therefore, we model ourselves after our king. So what what do we do, those who have accepted the invitation? We now respond by lifting the lowly, by welcoming the outsider, and by extending the invitation to the kingdom. Have you responded to the invitation? And if so, how can you alert someone to the reign of Jesus this week by lifting the lowly, welcoming the outsider, or extending the invitation? Let me pray for us. Jesus, we we acknowledge that you are king and that you are forming a people for yourself to be the recipients of your love and to love you in return and to love others. Holy Spirit, we ask for help. If we're here today and we haven't responded to that, to your invitation, we ask that you would reveal yourself to us. And if we have, Holy Spirit, would you help us in our daily lives to lift the lowly, to welcome in the outsider and to extend the invitation to your kingdom. We love you and we thank you for who you are. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen.